0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine Podcast. The latest on shares, markets, and investments. Now available on your Amazon Alexa.
1: Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine Podcast. Now also available on the UK Investor Magazine Mobile App. For today's podcast, we're joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for joining us this morning.
0: Hello, John. Good to be back.
1: So, Alan, we're going to be discussing which Many listeners will be familiar with one of your favorite subjects today and that's and that's precious metals. we're really looking at a situation now where we're looking at a market which is being highly impacted by the ongoing inflation increases and the action that we're going to be seeing from central banks shortly. of course, in their last set of minutes, the Federal Reserve and the United States did say that they would begin to taper soon. And it looks as though the beginning of this taper is going to be starting in November. So that should, if if all goes to plan and does what they intend, should bring inflation under control. So there's a few issues here for gold, Alan. And of course, mm. looking at gold as an inflation hedge, it's got, it's got a loose correlation with with inflation and how it moves in relation to uh inflation but do you still think that gold is a valid inflation hedge or do you think this is just something that um traders look for as an excuse to uh to get in and out of the markets
0: i probably the, the argument for a, a valid inflation hedge has um waned a bit over the years but uh, i think i think traditionally um, it's always been seen as a safe haven and uh um you know it, it is it is the last resort store of value if you like that uh, investors will go to so even though many investors might be less convinced today than they have been about um gold's qualities and its um its attributes as a as, as a hedge against inflation and indeed as a store of value to uh, if you like protect against uncertainty, um, historically that's always been the resort. Um, and of course, what we, there are different dimensions in the market today. Of course, with the emergence of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, um, investors that might otherwise have gone into gold are maybe now looking at um, at crypto as well. So, so it's being spread. But I think in times of uncertainty, historically gold has always been. The, the primary well gold and precious metals have always been the primary assets that uh, investors turn to um, and as such uh, as such uh, going forward um, you know with the with the with the tapering process starting uh, in November, then of course uh, there are there'll be further uncertainty ahead which could actually work in the so it, it should see a strengthening in precious metal prices.
1: Yeah, so I mean that that would actually uh, go against traditional thinking. That if we start to see the Federal Reserve taper, which it looks like that they're, they're going to be doing, every sound that they've made recently is that they're going to be starting that in November. Do investors in gold really have no reason to to remain investors in gold until we start to see another economic decline, which could be? months, even even years away. And really any upside that we see in gold in the short term would be down to a perceived policy mistake from the Federal Reserve, Bank of England, central banks around the world, that they've maybe moved too quickly or maybe done a little bit too much too soon when we're still recovering from the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I I mean I, I think it's I think the action by the Biden administration and certainly by our own government um, uh, does seem premature, um, particularly as we come towards, um, you know, the end of the year in the Western hemisphere. And of course um, we've got the ongoing issues with, uh, with the price of uh, fuel and energy increasing exponentially. um, The uncertainty that that will cause the ending of the furlough schemes, um, the, uh, uh, um, and a raft of other issues that, you know, I I think are going to, place um pressures on households going forward and um and the standard of living for many people um, now of course that again that's uncertainty um, so in in times of uncertainty uh gold and precious metals uh usually stand up and um and, and act as reliable um investments so um perhaps the thinking this time is slightly different um, and uh, you know the the, the the perception that uh, the governments are acting um too soon and not rashly but um probably uh there's a some may take the view that um the actions they take are incorrect and um uh should really I, I, I mean on a personal level i think i think we should see how the ending of these furlough schemes um and the impact of the the high energy prices and everything plays out into next year, and I think uh, you know probably next spring that would be the time to take a look at um, tapering, um, uh, at, 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 uh, at commencing tapering and uh, and uh, reducing sort of asset purchases. But uh, that's just my view. Uh, I think uh, I, I think um, there's still too much uncertainty out there for the government to um, start tapering right now.
1: Yes. I mean, looking at some of the, the figures that are coming out on an economic basis, they look strong in the headline figures, but if you sort of drill down into what they were compared to pre-pandemic levels, they do a little bit, look a little bit weak. So it's going to be interesting to see whether the Bank of England follows the, the Federal Reserve in, in taking any action before Christmas. But just want to pick up now on something that you mentioned uh alan and bitcoin and gold so of course both both assets in in bitcoin of course it's a crypto asset have no yield so they're purely there for investors to to make money on the capital appreciation side of things but of course gold has uh uses in in jewelry uh, and and manufacturing so there is an end use for it uh, as opposed to, to bitcoin at this point in time of course its uses are, are starting to be Used as a as a transaction uh, vehicle, but really, I mean, in your view, is looking at Bitcoin compared to gold a valid safe haven alternative, given the volatility that we're seeing in Bitcoin? I mean, we, we saw just overnight, um, mm. Bitcoin drop five percent, it, six percent. It's yeah. down. I mean, very. I mean, I've, I've seen moves in gold in the last fifteen years. Uh, around those levels, but very, very rarely do you, do you see a move uh, above 2% in, in gold. So, I mean, do you think investors are actually looking at a Bitcoin and saying, OK, we're seeing uncertainty here in the economy, uncertainty in the markets, I'm going to buy some Bitcoin to try and protect myself against any volatility we see in more traditional assets?
0: I, I don't think... Uh... The uh, the the point I was making I don't think it's it's uh, it's certainly an alternative investment and I think um uh, uh, but I I don't think uh, it would be viewed as a safe haven I I think some of the money that might have gone into gold um uh, to, to speculate with is now in Bitcoin um uh, you know clearly the volatility doesn't mark it out as uh, well it marks it out as a white knuckle ride investment more than anything else <laughs> yeah. um, but I think um, I. I think that's certainly a factor going forward, and I think a lot of the, uh, you know, people, you know, younger the younger generation who've made money sort of through investing and all, uh, and uh, all the rest of it. I mean, they're very much engaged with now with the uh, with with the crypto markets, with um, NFTs and and uh, and, um, and other assets, and and you know, it's a burgeoning marketplace, um, and also you know they we've got. Um, We've got sort of uh, 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 crypto crypto uh, currencies that invest um, that are sort of uh, uh, pegged to gold as well. So there are all these other assets and ways of um, investing sort of uh, into crypto it, it, or, or via the crypto markets into these assets. But I think the um, I still think, you know, g- given the we've got this uncertainty we've also we're also of course in the run-up to the budget today as well and um you know most of the most of the budget briefings have already um hit the uh have already hit the uh news wires anyway um of course the the government is going to increase its uh its spend on the um uh, public sector pay uh we've got um a, a freeze freezing a fuel due, fuel duty um uh, prices continue to rise, so i mean it, you know this is on top of the cost of the furlough scheme that the government's had to manage so um you know to to start the tapering process at the same time i think uh, i I still think it's a bit premature but um but uh, yeah you know if that decision is taken then then on we go.
1: Yes, I think we could be in for a rocky ride. If you remember back to 2013, we did see the taper tantrums which caused significant volatility in markets. You'd like to think now that central bankers have an idea of how markets react to to such news, and also people in the market will be aware of what happens when we start to see the Federal Reserve move away from their accommodative uh, monetary policies. So you'd like to think that uh, they look back to that. And so, yes, we saw a big sell off, but that was very quickly bought into as the economy progresses. So I think the big question here, as always, is how solid is the economy and how much is it going to support earnings going forward? So that's going to be the, uh, the key here. And there's lots of factors at play there. And I'm sure we'll be discussing those on the podcast as they Come up, so Alan. Let's now discuss and touch on the first stock that we're going to look at today, and that is one very much involved in the precious metals, listed here in London. It's Fresnillo. They've put out a production report today. What does that look like?
0: Well, this is one of the huge miners, of course, Fresnillo. Uh, they they're, they're basically they're listed in London, um, uh, focused on Mexico, headquartered in Mexico City. Um, it's one of the world's largest producers of um, uh, silver, um, and also Mexico's second-largest gold miner. So very much a, a proxy for precious metals. And of course, we've seen the we've seen a, a gradual drift downwards in the share price through the year. Shares currently trading at um, 886p, um, down 28% over the year, um, but um, but slightly ahead today after the after the uh, results announcement. Um, company's got a market cap of six and a half billion and pays a yield of two point seven percent. So it's a it's a good solid investment in that regard. But um, uh, silver production fell nearly five percent uh, year on year, um, and um, it was down fifteen percent compared to the previous three months. So um, so of course that um, that uh, is is something of a concern. Um, gold production also fell too. Um, down 14% from the second quarter and the company is facing a, some headwinds at the moment although i think given the share price reaction this morning the uh it doesn't seem to have concerned the markets unduly um the the, the company did say it's, it's on track uh, to meet uh, its guidance uh, of um of 59 million ounces of silver and 675 to 725,000 ounces of gold so that's it's on track in that regard. But there are issues with, with uh, there's, there are labor reforms ongoing in Mexico. Um, uh, and, and this on top of the inflationary rep- uh, pressures, um, the, there's the, the Mexican peso is being revalued against the US dollar. And all of this ca- um, uh, will potentially impact on costs going forward. Um, and the labor reforms in particular uh, restrict the ability to, uh brings subcontract labor in so they're having to um they're having to either employ people directly or um or turn people away so of course both ways it's affecting their their manpower um uh or, or the the manpower resource that they're, they're they're able to tap into um and until the the new systems in place of course there's some uncertainty there but as i said go back to my original points doesn't seem to have worried the markets uh, unduly today. Shares are up, um, up um, um, just under one percent as we speak. So, um, so we may well see. You know that reaction could well be in line to uh, with the current uncertainty over the ongoing situation in regard to asset tapering. So, um, so uh, provided uh, the the company is on line to achieve its full year uh, production. Um, Uh, forecast then um then you know this it could look a very solid and attractive investment at this level
1: so and when we're looking at precious metals miners we we discuss on the podcast in some detail uh, miners that are towards the more junior ends of the market now of course these companies are At the very early stages of development, um, the sort of research into different prospects uh, and beginning mining and testing and such like. So really the price of gold for them doesn't have that much of an impact because whether it's trading at uh, 2,000. Um, or down at eleven thousand, if they find gold, there is a huge amount of value to be un- unlocked in those equities
0: mm. because
1: that's they're obviously moving along that the lifeline there towards a point of revenue and, and unlocking that value there for for shareholders. but with a company like Fresnillo, as you mentioned, one of the biggest producers in the world. <laughs> What's the validity of looking at uh, Fresnillo as a, a proxy for the price of gold, the price of silver, given um, potential underlying issues with, as you mentioned their labor, uh, rising costs? And if somebody wants to speculate on, on the price of gold going up, I mean, is it really the best option to go into a gold ETF or buy physical gold? Or really, do you think that there is an opportunity in gold and silver miners like Fresnillo to, to actually play in an efficient way the the price of gold?
0: I think, yeah, I think, uh, as you rightly point out, gold ETFs um, are a very good way to gain direct exposure. Um, um, and, you know, a, a large, well, a huge miner like Fresnillo is uh, is also that too, but of course it has the, uh, it, it has the Mexico focus and the the localised problems that um, uh, result from the company being there. Um, but nonetheless, um, uh, given the given uh, production levels, if it's able to substantially ramp up production for whatever reason, then, of course, that will be directly reflected uh, in the share price. I mean, if we look at the share price performance uh, over 2020, um Uh, it was trading at seven pounds per share or uh, just over seven pounds a share um for the first part of the year and then of course we come to august and the share price absolutely rockets up based on based on production of course the um the well the the uh the perceived increase in value in precious metals given the uncertainty with covid so um so so it's very much a proxy in that regard and uh and you know, if well, firstly, if the company is able to increase production, that will drive the share price higher because it directly reflects what's coming out of the ground. Um, the labour issues are short-term issues, and clearly the market isn't concerned with those issues because uh, the share price is up slightly this morning. Um, and and thirdly, um, yeah, is uh, asset tapering. Uh, I think it's starting too soon, personally. But um, you know, um, I, I'm no expert. I'm, that's just my view on the market. Uh, we could well see that uh, the respective governments are correct in that regard. But nonetheless, um, we we are uh, we are uh, I, I believe in the middle of a a uh, well at, still at the start really of a commodity super cycle, and um, and for Fresnillo, um, yeah, the, the company will always be looking for opportunities to increase its production and also increase uh, by acquisition too so there could well be opportunities coming its way so so in that regard you know given the the company' now trading close to um, close to uh, uh, five-year lows I think um I think uh, with the upside from precious metals still very much on the table I think uh, I think it offers a good a good bet and a good Proxy for this market at the time.
1: Yes, and certainly looking at the chart of the the stock and and the correlation with precious metals, of course, uh, they both move very much in tandem. So one would expect, as you say, any rally in precious metals to see some upsides in Fresnillo. So, let's move on now. This is a company that we're going to discuss now that we did actually touch on a little bit earlier on in the year where. Looking at the share price, it was down in the dumps a little bit. It's uh, on the market PLC. I think when we discussed hmm. it, it was trading around uh, the sort of 85 to 90p level a little bit earlier on this year. We've seen a bit of a pickup in the in the share price throughout the year, of course, as um, the property market comes back online. That, uh, that's to be expected. But what's happening um, there, Alan? Have they got any recent updates?
0: Uh, yes, indeed, that they, they, they've made some good progress this year. So, so on the market, as you rightly say, OTMP um, online property portal. Now, of course, the market leader here is Rightmove, Move, um, Epicode RMV, and Right Move revenues of uh, two hundred and five million uh, has a market cap of six billion. Pays a, a, a pay, pays a dividend of one percent. Um, on the market, on the other hand, has. Uh, has revenues? Well, the, the half-year revenues have just uh, shot up um, by by forty-six uh, percent to fourteen point nine million. So, based on annual turnover, that's about thirty million. So, given the respective valuations, you'd expect to see uh, on the market trading on a on, on a market capitalization somewhere in the region of ten percent of the value of um, of uh, of Rightmove. Um, at around five to six hundred million, but it's got a market cap of seventy four million. Um, so I am looking at this and scratching my head and thinking, "What? Well, how can this be?" Um, so on the market, it's a property portal set up for agents and new home developers. Um, and agents are very much at the heart of the strategy. Uh, the 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 agents are very much shareholders in the business. Um, new chief exec um, Jason Teb uh, came in uh, toward the end of last year. Um, and since that time, the company has made a number of uh, steps or taken a number of steps forward in regard to the technology. They um, they, they formed uh, two commercial partnerships in May this year with Sprift Technology. Uh, Sprift Technology are a property data specialist. So they have a commercial partnership now with on the market going forward um, and also with a company called Canopy. Um, which has a very efficient tenants referencing platform for property lettings. And um, they formed a partnership with those guys going forward. And also they acquired um, a property technology group called Glanti for one and a half million. And that's uh, that's now been completed. And of course, all of this is driving revenues and profits going forward. So so good sort of said the full, full year results. Um, the interims in October that were announced in October, as I said, half year results uh, revenues up 46% to uh, a shade under 15 million adjusted operating profits up 163% to 2 million um, ended the half year with cash of just under 10 million um and uh, that's uh, that's compared to the full year where it ended with cash of 10.7 million so very little cash burn in that regard um also ARPA, average revenue per account um, up 52% to 188 pounds um, and Jason Teb was, uh, you know, very, uh, very sort of uh, uh, full of praise for his staff. But he said the revenues for the full year were expected to be slightly ahead of expectations. The first stage of the transition uh, is now complete and uh, they expect to continue this expansion. So so this is a this is a company that is really uh, day by day, hour by hour, taking market share away from the market leader right move. Now, Rightmove is a very good portal. Don't get me wrong, but um, I do question the um, the disparity in the valuation, in the relative valuation, given re- revenues and profits, and given that on the market have now turned profitable, we're still seeing the share price bump along largely at the same level. Um, shares have been trained as high as £1.45 on the year, but they're currently trading it just on a pound, and they blipped up slightly after the uh, full year results. So. I think this company offers great potential if it carries on taking market share for Rightmove. Um, either Rightmove may be forced to uh, forced to look at uh, um, an acquisition, or, or or it could there, there could be there, there could be further acquisitions on the part of on the market to allow it to accelerate and continue taking this market share. So either way, I see great value in the company at this level.
1: So of course on the market, right move, and, and Zupla very much proxies, talking about proxies for, for underlying markets in yeah. uh Fresnillo. This is very much a proxy for the underlying housing market here in the UK. And we obviously and you, and you discussed there, Alan, that's you know significantly undervalued compared to peers. I mean, do you think this is this is very much down to you know either one of two factors? that investors aren't aware of the value that there is in on the market at the moment? Or do you think there's a bit of scepticism about the health of the UK housing market going forward? I mean, just yesterday, we had a report from from one of their peers, Zoopla. And we had, oh they've predicted for this year, uh, it's going to be a record level of transactions in the UK housing market at around 400 and 67 billion that's the highest since 2007 so of course there's an elevated level of activity there in uh, in the housing market but they did say that you know next year we're going to start to see things tail off do you think uh investors are looking possibly on the market and saying well okay you're taking market share away from right move but maybe you're not doing it as quickly and given that we could see a slowdown next year we're not going to take the risk with you at this point in time when there is the option of a right move shares out there.
0: Yeah. I, well, I think, I think, however, the probably, yeah, as you rightly say, I mean, that the property market is, is in rude health at the moment and um, shows little sign of, um, of, of slowing down. And there's every time a house comes on the market, uh, uh, it seems to be snapped up, certainly in our part of the world anyway. Um, but, um, but I think, uh, Overall, the the way we search for properties, the way um, the way we find properties, um, it's uh, it, it is now through these channels like zoopla like right, right Move, and, and of course on the market. On the market, it's a new entrant. It's working with the agents, um, so the agents are very much at the core of its strat- of its strategy going forward, um, and it is growing market share. Um, n- not as quickly, perhaps, but but I mean, if you look at um, uh, I, I guess if you look at the right move share price performance during the same period as on the market, it's outperformed on the market. So um, so, so at some point, um, at some point, I think that will change if the right move share price or, or if the property market does start to slow down. I would expect to see uh, much more of an impact on right move simply because um, right move trades on. Uh, A far racier valuation than on the market does. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But in terms of growth opportunities, I think uh, there's more scope for growth with on the market than probably any other property portal right now.
1: Yes, I'd have to agree. I mean, it always boils down to valuation. It's one of the key things that investors should look at. And if you're looking at different companies within the same sector, that the price to sales differential here between those two companies is, is pretty significant. So we're going to have to see a snapback in line. So whether that's a significant uh, reduction in the value of right move shares uh, or a uh, a rally, a sharp rally in on the market, uh, I don't think that's going to persist uh, for for much longer because that the, the difference there, as you pointed out, is... Uh, It's huge, there, Alan, and it has one, and it has been one that we've discussed on the podcast again, and uh, you know the the close relationship it has with the the housing market and the the wealth effect of the UK. I'm sure this is a company that we'll be discussing uh, again on the podcast. So, uh, just to wrap up on the companies that we discussed today, first of all was Fresnillo with a ticker of F R E S, and of course, just then was on the market with a ticker of OTMP. Alan, thank you much for being on the podcast today.
0: Thank you very much, John.
1: So just as a reminder for listeners, we have our next virtual investor evening coming up in November. So do check out our events section on the website to get yourself signed up for that. Thank you very much.